This is Canvas, a show all about iPad productivity. My name is Fraser Spears and I'm joined by Mr. Federico Vitici. Hello, Fraser. Hey, how are you? I'm pleased that you didn't call me sir today. How are you doing, sir? <laughs> no. I, didn't do it. I, I stopped myself, I even thought about it, and I didn't do it. So there you go. So how are you? I'm not too bad. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you one question before we get into the show. Okay. iPad Pro, how's your battery life? Uh, I've been getting this question from a few people lately. Uh, I still seem to get a solid nine and a half to ten hours of usage. Mm-hmm. It seems okay to me, but I, I, I received some questions from, uh, from a few friends. And they were like, is your battery life okay? And I don't know. Uh, there may be some units that get less battery life. I don't know. But why do you ask, Fraser? Well, I, I'm... I'm kind of struggling with it a little bit, and hmm. I, I'm wondering if it's just because I think it might just be the sheer number of hours that I'm using this thing for now, compared to <laughs> yes. times past where you know I do a bit in my laptop, then I do a bit in my iPad, then I do another bit in my laptop. Now that the iPad is the only computer in my in my hands, uh, it's open from you know eight in the morning when I come to school until you know whatever time at night when I'm done with, and, and you know it, it goes all the way through from you know iTunes U at work. Uh, notability in the classroom, email, Google Docs, and then home, and then doing, you know, sort of uh, marking things in iTunes U, and then entertainment things, you know, BBC iPlayer or Netflix or whatever in the evening. Uh, and it's really not turned off very long between 8 in the morning and midnight. And I think it may just be the sheer number of hours. Yeah, maybe you're doing too much. <laughs> yeah, I need to take a break. <laughs> yeah, I, I also don't... I don't feel like I'm super qualified to talk about battery life because occasionally when I'm home, I maybe plug in the iPad during the day. So maybe my experience is a little bit skewed towards, you know, plugging in the iPad whenever possible. Uh, But it seems okay to me. But again, maybe I just haven't looked. Uh, I I just feel like I'm a little more aware of battery life now than I have been previously. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll keep an eye on that yeah. and see how it goes. So tonight, it is the topic that dare not speak its name on Relay FM. What are we going to talk about? <laughs> I just, I'm just afraid that we're going we're gonna to have some serious consequences here. So today we wanted to talk about photo management. And the <laughs> so long-time listeners of The Prompt and Connected, uh, my other show on, on Relay FM, may remember our affinity for <laughs> photo management services. Um, but, but what we wanted to do is uh, we would like to discuss what it's like to manage photos on the iPad and on the iPhone these days, you know, with a uh, with the Photos app from Apple, with uh, iCloud for library, and to kind of talk about you know a little maybe ways that you can that you can use to organize your library and backup solutions and you know tip, tips and tricks to get more out of the Photos app, which may appear as a very simplistic solution and it is easy to use, but there's a uh, a couple of you know details and elements worth uh, covering, I think. Um, so what I wanted to do, Fraser, mm-hmm. just as a brief overview of how we got to this point, do you remember uh, before 
smartphones before tablets. Uh, you know, we used to to take pictures with cameras and then connect them to a computer with a USB cable, and then you had to to manage everything with files and folders, and you needed to import all of your photos on a hard drive. And there was a good chance that you know, if your computer was stolen, this was before Dropbox and before cloud services, you, all of your photos were also gone because the you know most people only used to keep photos on their laptops. Yep, I, I have certainly been to the Genius Bar and I have literally seen people break down in tears at yes. the Genius Bar when they discover that certain photos that they had, the only copy of was on their phone, uh, are no longer accessible. And I've seen people really, really, really upset about this. You know, the last photographs they had of dead parents and things like that. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, these are some of the most precious pieces of data that we have on our computers because music and movies... It's just a matter of money to get them back again. Yeah. But you can never, ever, ever get your photos back. Yeah, I had a friend, uh, actually, a couple of years ago. So even, I would say, in the modern era of uh, cloud services, yet he still kept all of his photos just on a laptop. And one day, he left the laptop in the car, and the car was broken into. And, of course, they took his computer, and all of his photos were gone. So, you know... I mean, we, we don't want to have a backup show, at least not yet. Uh, but still, it's a, it's a good reminder that, you know, before we got to this uh, connected age of smartphones and iCloud and Dropbox, uh, photos and pictures, you know, used to be organized locally with files and folders, and a lot of people lost their photos because of that. Um, of course, Apple came up with the digital hub idea uh, a few years ago at this point, uh, very famously with the, with the Mac at the center of this ecosystem of, you know, uh, files, uh, media, music, you know, home movies, pictures. And of course, when it comes to photos, there was iPhoto uh, for OS X. Um, and it was the single unified solution to, you know, organize all of your photos in a single app with a, an intuitive interface, at least initially. And... What the, but I would say, Fraser, that the, the, the very moment that the iPhone was released and people started taking pictures on their, on their phones, uh, the whole photo management uh, you know, landscape changed. Uh, because you know, iPhone and smartphones in general they just allow you to take more, more pictures than ever. Uh, people take pictures all the time. The, the camera itself has become more... Uh, it's not just about, you know, taking a photo of a pretty landscape anymore. Uh, people take pictures of everything all the time. Selfies, messaging, uh, live events. Uh, the camera is itself... Uh, not just to take photos when you're on a trip and you're a tourist, but the camera is on every day. And yeah. so you end up with, uh, with thousands of files that you need to manage, that you need to think about. And of course, thanks to better Wi-Fi and cellular speeds, um, people now expect to be able to share these photos quickly to, or to back them up to the cloud quickly. And of course, you know, with social services like Facebook and Twitter, messaging apps such as, you know, uh, Messenger, WhatsApp, Line, you name it. Uh, long story short, people are taking pictures and sharing pictures uh, like, you know, it, it's a totally new landscape and it wasn't yeah. the case before. And this, of course, comes with problems. And the problem here is that uh, users want to be able to, to have their pictures everywhere. And that includes tablets, that includes computers, that includes web browsers. And 
And we needed to wait a long time, I would say, before Apple came up with a solution um, for, uh, you know, cloud-connected photo management. Um, but when they did, I want to say they didn't completely disappoint. Um, so <laughs> That's a very low bar to get over. <laughs> they didn't completely disappoint. Right? <laughs> they didn't completely disappoint. Yeah. So um, what is Photos uh, for iOS, Fraser? So when, when iOS first shipped, we had... We had a Photos app. The Photos app has been there for a very long time on iOS. And initially, it was just managing local storage. And over time, that procedure, that, that app managed to get uh, some features where we could do things like there was a thing called PhotoStream, where it would try and sync a number of files into the cloud that you would then sort of have to manually or, or t um, occasionally download into your iPhoto library. But Photos on iOS got a major overhaul. I, I think it was in the iOS 7 time frame. Yeah. Uh, and it got a major redesign, uh, as everything did in iOS 7. And as time went on, Apple announced more and more kind of organizational features in here, rather than just your camera roll being a list of all the pictures you've ever taken. In iOS 7, it started to get some organization features. So the app would group photos into uh, moments and then collections and then years based on the, the timestamps in the photograph. Yeah. So Photos has always been the built-in app for managing photographs on each device and then eventually syncing them. And in just after iOS 8 came out, we got photos on the Mac as well. And we got this thing called iCloud Photo Library. And I think what I'd like to kind of focus on in this show is iCloud Photo Library and what that brings to the table in terms of managing your photos as a kind of uh, internet connected system of photo management. Rather than looking at the Photos app just as an app by itself, it's actually the front end to a much larger ecosystem of managing photos. And as you said, uh, Federico, Apple didn't completely disappoint. I think many people were quite terrified about what was yeah. going to happen when this thing got turned on because at that point, the track record had not been very good with cloud services. But I think of all the things that Apple has done in the cloud since the iTunes store and the App Store itself, I think iCloud Photo Library has been one of the best things they've ever done. Oh, definitely. Uh, and the the fact that they were able to go from you know from ground zero and build this thing from scratch within you know the existing app on iOS a new app on the Mac they didn't try and retrofit it into Aperture and iPhoto they actually went so far as to discontinue those apps and bring in this new app Photos for OS 10 and this new cloud service called iCloud Photo Library that's given them the modern stable platform on which to build what I think now is is a system that I would recommend everybody turn on because it has been that good for me, and I've really stressed it very hard. Yeah. So in, aside from organizing uh, pictures as uh, years, collections, and moments, uh, which, as you said, are based on timestamps and also allow you to view the location of each photo, this is actually a nice feature of the app. You can tap in on, uh, on a collection or a moment's name, and you can view, uh, you, you can open a map view uh, with, a, with a bunch of uh, photo stacks, so you can, you can browse photos by location, which is a nice detail. Uh, but aside from that, uh, you can also, of course, edit pictures and share them with extensions, but we're not going to cover that today. Um, you can also share them with other people. Uh, also with iCloud, which I want to talk about in a moment. And you can, of course, um, still use, if you want to, PhotoStream. And now this is one of those aspects of iOS that it's more of a legacy option. And I, and I feel like I don't want to talk about it 
only because it seems to me like it's a feature that it's still there for some users, but really the majority of people should be using iCloud at this point. Yeah, I mean, PhotoStream is there for people who are still running very old versions of iPhoto on a very old Mac. Uh, basically, people who can't move up to uh, to Photos on OS X, which I think is Yosemite and later. Uh, but for, for anybody starting new, or certainly anybody who's going iOS only, just imagine that PhotoStream doesn't exist and move on with iCloud Photo Library. Yeah, my my um, I'm kind of uh, I'm afraid to to say this because I imagine the reaction from people. But my girlfriend is still one of those people. She doesn't mm-hmm. want to upgrade to iCloud, and I don't know why she doesn't <laughs> want to. I'm trying to convince her, uh, but yeah, she's still using my uh, the the photo stream to sync with iPhoto. Uh, one of the aspects that that's um, built on top of photo stream is shared photo stream. My understanding is that the same system uh, which really allows you to share an album with other people and you can invite other people to view to collaborate to add pictures to add comments I think you can also add uh, likes to a picture Uh, you can uh, 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 have you ever used uh, do you use any shared album Um, we have one shared album Every, every October my family and a number of other families go on holiday together and we usually create one for every holiday that we go on because there's you know there's maybe uh, there's maybe eighteen or nineteen people in total, and quite a lot of them are, are iOS users. In fact, almost all of them are, including some of the older kids now as well. And what we do is we, we share that with everybody, and then whenever we take pictures on the holiday, because we split up into different groups and do different things, everybody can pile their photos back in, and it's great because everybody can share and everybody can download their own copies of the ones they like and so on, which is is a really nice way to do it. Um, but it's also private to only the people who that's shared with. So it's not like you're putting it on Instagram for everybody to see, and it's a low quality cropped version mm-hmm. or whatever. You're, you can get you know full full quality originals through that as well. So it, it's useful for the things that it's useful for, but it's not it, it's not a social network in any sense. Yeah. It's much more of a kind of private way of getting a few photos between people. The other thing to say about that is that. Uh, shared photo albums don't live in the same place as your normal photo albums and photos. They're basically they're basically a thing outside of your library yep. that you would choose to publish photos into. So you access those through the share button. And this seems a little bit weird because you're in photos and then you select some pictures and you share them to iCloud photo sharing. It seems weird to share to iCloud from inside an iCloud app. But the reason being that these things are outside of your library so you have to sort of explicitly choose to publish them yeah. out there as well. Yeah. So let's talk about iCloud for library and kind of cover the basics. What iCloud for library does is uh, it wants to, it's very simple, it wants to allow you to have the same pictures on all of your devices. So you, the idea is you, we don't want you to think about photo management at all, which is funny because we're having an episode about photo management. Um, we don't want you to worry. Uh, all of your photos and videos uh, are available anywhere. And all you have to do is enable the feature in the settings of uh, photos on your device and you're done. And based, of course, on your storage, you will have to pay for iCloud and you can choose from different plans. But the idea is you enable iCloud and that's it. Uh, th- there are, however, some options and settings to consider. And the first one I would say is whether you want to choose to optimize iPhone storage or not. And this applies to iPad storage as well because it's the same setting on both devices. So what does this setting do exactly? So what this does is it basically gives permission to your devices to, when storage space gets low, to upload the originals to iCloud and then delete those originals from your devices. 
Now, this is unlike other things with iCloud. Most people understand iCloud as a system whereby if you delete something on one device, it gets deleted everywhere else. But that's not quite how this works. What happens is when you take a picture, the original picture will be uploaded to your iCloud photo library and obviously will eat into your storage quota there. Yep. But then the original will be kept on the, on the device that took the photograph, whether that's your iPad or your phone. But when storage gets low, the system in the background will get rid of some of those originals in order to conserve storage space on your device. But whenever you come back to look at that photograph again in full screen, when you go into the, the full screen view for that photograph, you'll see a blown up low quality one for a little second and a spinner in the corner of the picture. And then as the original will be re-downloaded and you see the original again. And the same if you ever need to use that photograph in another app, say to pick it from the photo picker or to share it with somebody, the, app, the photo system will download the original and then share the original, not share the small thumbnail. And what that means is that you know, you can kind of keep shooting and keep shooting as long as you've got iCloud storage space and your device will continue to optimize what's actually stored on the device. Because uh, I have something like 300 gigabytes yeah. in iCloud <laughs> photo library and I do not have a 300 gigabyte iPhone. <laughs> well, it doesn't um, exist. So. Well, exactly. Uh, so it's, um, it's a way for you to be able to shoot far beyond the capacity of your device as long as you occasionally touch Wi-Fi in order to upload and, and uh, upload the originals and then your phone can optimize away storage. Yeah, and, and one of the great things, at least for me, is that when you when you take a picture, you don't have to worry about it. And also yeah. the fact that you can make edits to a photo. And iCloud for Ivory is built to be a non-destructive uh, editing system, so you can always revert to an older version of, of your picture also on another device. So if you make a change on the iPhone, uh, you see the same change on the iPad, and you can still revert and go back to the original uh, version of your photo. Uh, so Apple definitely tried to make it as simple as possible to say, okay, I want to take pictures or I want to take a, a hundred screenshots because, you know, they end up in the same location and mm -hmm. I just want to have iCloud take care of it. That doesn't mean, however, that you shouldn't consider having, you know, a backup option for your backup, <laughs> you know, to kind of save your original files somewhere else in addition to iCloud because hey things can always go wrong uh, so what I've been doing Fraser is uh, I, I've been using Google Photos and um, which is uh, you know we, we will talk about it quickly in a few minutes uh, I've been using Google Photos to save the same photos from my iPhone and iPad to Google's cloud and especially since I, I upgraded to a fiber connection at home uploads have been super fast but also uh, what I've done last week I bought a Synology <laughs> network attached okay. storage, which is getting here uh, tomorrow, hopefully. Uh, but by the time it will, this episode will be published, I will be using a Synology, I think. And uh, because I wanted to have, you know, a local uh, solution, a backup place under my control uh, where me and my girlfriend, we can access uh, photos without iCloud. So, yeah, uh, I've been using these two as a, as a backup for my, my photos. Mm -hmm. there, there's certainly other ways you can do that as well. I've got two solutions going on. One is a kind of pure iOS one, and one does use a Mac. Uh, and what I have, I have a Plex server. The Plex is a, is a multimedia streaming server that you run by yourself. We may do another show on that at some point. But I have a Mac Mini running Plex, and on I'm signed into my iCloud library on that computer, and I just have photos set to download the originals on that Mac. Um, so I have a machine somewhere that does have a, a set of full originals, but the, the pure iOS play that I do 
is that I every month I will grab that month's photographs and upload them to Google Drive. Uh, and then at the end of the year, I do the same thing. Um, I have a workflow that, that lets me select certain photographs and then turn them into a zip file. And then referring to episode two, use a document provider to put that zip file onto a cloud storage service. So that's kind of what I'm doing. I'm also playing about with using Amazon S3 yeah. to store that backup as well yeah. uh, through Transmit on iOS. So that's perfectly usable on iOS too. So those are some of the ways in which you can you can use that uh, to to keep your backups either pure iOS, it's a bit slow, but it does work, or um, using using a Mac somewhere in your system as well. You know, and, and talking about um, iCloud and uh, backup options, I want to mention before we talk about managing photos, uh, for deleting photos and, you know, uh, restoring deleted files. So if you use photos in iCloud, uh, whenever you hit the trash icon in, in the Photos app, you're photo isn't actually deleted permanently from iCloud or from your device. You can still go to the recently deleted album, which uh, lives in the albums section of the app, and you can see a list of photos that will be deleted permanently from your iCloud account uh, in an X number of days. So what what Apple does is it lets you restore a deleted files, uh, file between 30 and 40 days after you first deleted the, the photo from your from the app. Uh, lately I've been uh, I used to get uh, I used to get 30 day deletion uh, you know uh, option. Lately I've been getting 40 days. So I don't know if Apple does both 30 and 40 days depending on the picture i have no idea i, I think that's a change in ios 9.3 betas oh oh nice yeah in, in 9.2 it's 30 days okay uh, but i think they've upped it by 10 days uh, in, in ios 9.3 well, there you go spoiler <laughs> there you go <laughs> it's, it's going up to 40 days um, that's a random disclosure blown away <laughs> <laughs> so it's a uh, top secret yes uh well you know please don't get upset um and you can still uh delete everything in this album right yeah, it's important to understand though that even if you're not using iCloud Photo Library, this trash can behavior still applies on iOS nine. So I've seen this sometimes, like with kids in school who have got iPads in school. You know, they run out of storage space on their iPad and they go through and they delete a bunch of photographs and then they're asking, "Well, why didn't I get the storage back?" And the answer is because you didn't actually purge out your trash can. So you know, they put a lot of stuff in the trash, but they didn't empty the trash. So you go in and say, well, here's here's this uh, album. You just hit uh, select and then delete all, and then you actually do get your storage back. And that typically happens, you know, if we do a video project or something, and the kids shoot, you know, minutes and minutes worth of video, and they they filled up their device, and then they delete a bunch of stuff. They're confused about why they don't get it back, and that happens whether or not you're using iCloud Photo Library. That's just the behavior of the Photos app now in iOS nine. When it comes to organizing what you have in photos, uh, for the most part, I would say Apple again, doesn't want you to, to care about doing that manually because it uh, organizes your photos automatically by year, collection, and moments. But that doesn't mean that there's no way to have manual control over how you organize your photos. And one of my favorite recent discoveries is that you can create albums, of course, but you can also create folders uh, for albums. So how does that work exactly? So in the Photos app, there are three tabs across the bottom. The first being Photos, which is that stream of moments and collections and so on uh, going backwards in time. And then you've got the shared one that we've already talked about. And then the final one is Albums. And in there, you can create individual albums, 
But the trick is, if you push and hold the plus button in the albums tab, which you would normally use just to create an album, you get a pop-up menu that gives you an option to create a folder instead. And these folders look a bit like iOS folders. And if you create the folder, you give it a name, and then you go into that folder and you create an album in that folder, it will obviously be created in that folder. And then you can use that to as a target for when you select photos in your photos view to add to a, an album, you can dig down and find that album and put photos in there as well. Yeah, I've been using this to organize my screenshots of different apps and services that I want to cover for the website. So I create, I have it's a... It's a very helpful way to do that. Yeah, I have a folder called... It's really like using a Mac. Uh, <laughs> I create a folder called Apps and inside the folder there's a bunch of different albums for each app that I want to talk about. It's been very useful for that. Um, also, what I've been doing is uh, different features of the Photos app to kind of uh, browse my library uh in a, in a better way so i use favorites uh not just mm-hmm. to eat uh, favorites is the little heart icon in each uh, photo you can tap the icon and a photo gets marked as a favorite and it, uh, it automatically gets uh, a shortcut in the favorites album um I use that to mark my favorite photos. So, you know, photos with friends or my family or my dog. Uh, But also to organize, like, important screenshots that I want to either cover on the website or really uh, screenshots that I want to (laughs) tweet. If I Mm -hmm. find something that I want to share on Twitter, I mark as a favorite so I can remember later. And, of course, favorites is also the, the default album that syncs to your Apple Watch as well. Yeah. So that's another reason to use favorites for your best stuff is, is yeah. uh, so that that shows up there. Yeah, I, I use uh, collections and moments, um, not all the time, but it's nice to kind of scroll back in the library and to rediscover, uh, you know, vacations or trips or, you know, uh, some yep. family gatherings. I like the way that photos are grouped together. And it's also nice, the visual effect, right? When I, for, for example, when I go to the beach on, during the summer, uh, all of that section usually turns blue, you know, for the sky and the sea, uh, which is, you know, visually nice. Uh, it's surprisingly easy to find a photograph in you know, 10 by 10 pixel thumbnails of hundreds yeah. of photographs just by the the dominant color in the picture. Yeah. yeah, A little tip as well in that view is that you can push and hold on that tiny grid of icons um, or pictures of years and you get a kind of um, loop effect so that the photograph under your finger will magnify up to a slightly larger size and you can scrub around that screen and then let go on the one you want, and it will jump straight to that photograph. Yeah, and of course, if you have an iPhone with uh, 3D touch features, you can uh, press firmly on the display, and you will get a peak preview for a photo or a live photo. And if you swipe up, you get a menu with options to copy, share, mark as a favorite, or delete. So if you have 3D touch, which sadly is not available on the iPad, uh, you have a shortcut there as well. Um, One thing that I do or that maybe I used to do uh, before uh, share extensions was using the copy feature of mm-hmm. in the Photos app. Uh, so before workflow you know, and, and action extensions, I wanted to automate my screenshots for Mac stories, and I used Pythonista to automate uh, uh, image creation. And what I used to do is I used to copy an image, uh, and you can also copy multiple ones at the same time. You can you just need to select photos and then choose copy. 
And from Pythonista, I used to access the copied photos as uh, clipboard items. And I used to do some automation in that way. But now, of course, uh, the, the, the best way to do this is just, just use the extension, uh, the share sheet. You can select multiple images with a, with a share feature, and then you can use any extension that you want for uh, multiple images at once. Um, with iOS 9 last year, Apple brought two new default albums. One is the selfies album, the other is screenshots. Um, in theory, uh, they should collect automatically uh, photos that you shoot with the front-facing camera and the other, you know, screenshots. Uh, sometimes there's a chance that maybe in the screenshots album you won't find uh some screenshots that you either uh, downloaded from the web or like screenshots that you edited on one device or that you import from Drop Dropbox. The, sometimes I've seen they don't always end up in there, but it's a good way to, you know, uh, find the majority of your screenshots and, and, you know, without looking at the photos. Other things you can do there, of course, the one thing that I think a lot of people don't know about is searching in photos. It's much better than it's been before. Uh, you can search for locations and the geotagging in the photographs will be used. You can search for uh, album names and different things. And also you can talk about date ranges and times. So you can talk about September and you'll see all your September photographs, which is really nice. I mentioned that October holiday that we take. If I search for October, I can see that holiday through the years. It's a really, really nice thing to, to have available to you as well. Yeah, and I like that um, also in iOS 9, uh, they they kind of borrowed one of the Google Photos features to select pictures. You can, uh, there's like a multiple select gesture. You can tap select and then drag your finger around and you can make a, you can make a multiple selection on a, like an entire row of photos in the, in the Photos app, which is nice. Uh, and again, I, I'm pretty sure Google Photos did this before, uh, but still quite convenient. Yeah. Another little tip just for that is that when you when you are doing a drag to select, you don't even have to drag across every photograph. You can just yeah. start at the top and then drag down the, every photo on the left-hand edge and all the ones on each row will be selected as well. Yeah. So you can just very quickly grab a lot of pictures at once with that. It's really nice. Yeah, so how, I wanted to ask you, how did you migrate from, uh, from uh, your Mac-based, I assume, uh, photo ma management app to, to iOS and, and iCloud? Uh, I think the answer to that is very slowly. But <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, eventually, yes, it did work. Um, the, the key thing is, that to migrate to this, iCloud Photo Library is not on by default, so you have to go into Settings, iCloud Photos, and then turn it on. But what I was able to do, I had I'd been an Aperture user for years. I'd used Aperture since Aperture 1.0 came out, and I'd used every version in between and put a lot of photographs into it, 30,000, over 30,000 pictures in it. And what I did when Yosemite came out and OS X Photos went final, I, I simply just used the migration tools in the Photos app to open my Aperture library. And I basically just opened it and I left it for weeks. And I literally mean weeks, probably about two and a half weeks yeah. it took yeah. to, to go from, because I had a, not only did I have a lot of photographs, but a lot of them were very large raw files from a digital SLR as well, each photo being eight, nine, 10 megabytes. And my upload speed is okay, but it's it's not you know it's not as good as yours, for example. And so what I did was I just used photos and left it open for days and nights and days and nights and days and nights. And about twenty to thirty days later, 
eventually everything started coming coming through. And back in the early days, there weren't such obvious indicators for progress. Down at the bottom of all the views, both on Mac and iOS now, you can see uh, you know this number of photographs, how many have to be uploaded, how much data is to be uploaded, and so on. You see much nicer progress than you did back then. But what I was using was Activity Monitor on the Mac to look at the network progress and just see, yeah, data still going up to the network. Uh, I'm going to just leave that till it's done. And the key thing I think is patience. Right? Not many people will have as many pictures as I did. Some will, but I can say that eventually that did work. And I now have on my phone and on my iPad the exact, almost the exact same folder structure that I did have on Aperture and certainly all the photographs were there as well. And I can verify that by looking at the amount of iCloud storage used and it's about the same size as the as the um, disk space that was used by my Aperture library before I uploaded it. Yeah, I, I didn't have to move 30,000 pictures. I only I only moved, I think, uh, 5,000. And when I did, I used this uh, app called Stash. I'm not sure it's still on the App Store. It used to be on the iPhone and iPad, and it was a file manager. And I used it because it let me... Uh, save an entire folder worth of pictures to the Photos app with the correct metadata, you know, the, the timestamps and the locations. And then I just, again, uh, like you, I just waited for a couple of weeks <laughs> to get yeah. the upload finished. Uh, yep. And now, I, uh, you know, I, I used to use Dropbox and uh, to view my photos in the Finder. So two, almost two years ago, I did this uh, this process, but now I just don't use a Mac anymore to to manage my, my files. Um, yeah. I wanted to, now that we mentioned, uh, um, you know, integrating, uh, managing photos, I kind of want to talk about uh, the way the developers can integrate with the Photos app. Uh, so you, you mentioned that uh, the Photos app used to be uh, a very much simpler uh, solution to view your camera roll on the iPhone. Uh, and it was based, uh, up until iOS 8, to the asset, uh, it was based on the assets library framework. Uh, so that, uh, you know, it allowed developers to access the, the local photo library but for many years, a lot of I remember a lot of developers complained about you know the limitations of uh, uh, the framework compared to the advancements that Apple put into the camera app and the photos app. So with iOS 8, Apple introduced a new photos framework, uh, which was a modern solution to let developers access a, a wider range of information from the Photos app. So today, uh, third-party apps on, on iOS, both the iPhone and iPad, can access not only uh, your entire Photos app, can display, you know, uh, all the albums and your favorites, your full moments view. Uh, they can also access specific subtypes of uh, information from photos. For example, they can access both uh, First photos, panoramas, high frame rate videos, uh, default albums. They can, since iOS 9.2, they can look into live photos. They can see if a photo was shot in HDR, uh, if a photo was marked as a favorite, or if it was hidden by the user. So today, apps can do have the possibility of, of getting a lot of information and details from the photos framework. Uh, the problem, Fraser, <laughs> is that sometimes things don't go quite as planned. Yeah, I mean, you can see some really great apps coming out of that because there are apps, like there's one I use called Burstio, yeah, which yeah. Uh, only looks for burst photographs and then it lets you turn them into a GIF, which is super cool. I love doing that. Uh, and shooting in burst mode if you've got a modern iPhone is an amazing way to get... Um, the right photograph 
you know, particularly if you've got children like I do, uh, just hold that button down and shoot a massive burst and then go through and delete it afterwards. It's great. Um, but the problem is that, you know, after all these complaints from developers about, oh, we can't do the same things as photos. We need this, we need that. Um, Apple says, here you go. And then developers go, oh, we'll get rid of that at some point. And the problem is that many apps today are still built on Asset Library. They're not built on PhotoKit. And it's not at all obvious when you use those apps uh, which ones are and which ones aren't. But here are some telltale signs that apps are not doing the right thing with iCloud Photo Library and PhotoKit. The first is that the app might not show your full library. Now, we talked about uh, storage being optimized away. Quite often what you'll see with, with an app that's not doing the right thing is that they sh it shows you a couple of hundred random pictures from your massive library. And the reason is those are the only ones that happen to be cached on the device at the time. And that number will change as the system gets under storage pressure and so on. So it's it only shows you the ones you've downloaded. It doesn't show your whole app. Some apps are very bad at that. Instagram, particularly bad app for this kind of thing. Uh, some apps will show cloud photos, but they will only pull the thumbnail. They'll not request the full yeah. asset first, yeah. which is incredibly frustrating at times. Um other apps, the more often editing apps, they will not save their edits in a non-destructive fashion. Now, we, we mentioned how Photos app itself can save its edits non-destructively such that you can undo them or revert later on. Really well-written apps, third-party apps, can do exactly the same thing. PhotoKit provides the ability for a developer to save a chunk of data along with a photograph and then that app on another device, say, instead of the phone on the iPad, can read that data back and reapply those adjustments to the photograph and get the same thing. A great example of this is an app called Snapseed from Google. Yep. Uh, and what Snapseed can do is you can edit the heck out of a photograph there. And then when you hit save, it asks for your permission to modify a certain photo. And what that means is it's actually writing back to your iCloud photo library, all the data that you've created, all the adjustments, all the settings you've made um, alongside the original picture. And then you pick up Snapseed on your iPad and you can open the same photo and you can adjust every parameter that you adjusted on your phone. It's really, really nicely done. Absolutely top class app and I recommend everybody check it out. Yeah, so let's talk about Google quickly. Um, yeah. They in addition to Snapseed, which they bought a couple of years ago, I think, uh, they make Google Photos, uh, as we mentioned. And the idea of Google Photos is uh, they want they want you to uh, to be able to store all of your photos and videos in Google's cloud. And there's two plans that you can choose from. You can go with the high quality or with the original plan. So high quality is unlimited free storage for photos that are up to 16 megapixels in quality. And what Google does is they they save a high quality version with some compression, um, but that in, however, in most cases it looks you know, just fine. Uh, whatever Google is doing behind the scenes, uh, I haven't been able to spot any major problem with the compression of the high quality uh, plan. If you yeah, this is not just your basic JPEG compression. No, <laughs> it's no. crazy Google magic. Uh, if you if you don't mind paying Google, or if you just want to store your original file, you can use your basically your Google account quota uh, for storage on Google Photos. Uh, and whatever you whatever plan you pick. Uh, there's no uh, difference in how the Google Photos app behaves. And on the surface, it looks like a, like a basic photo app. There's a timeline of all your photos. There's thumbnails, uh, thumbnails so you can tap them and you can open a full screen preview with some options. Uh, the core feature, I would say, 
is search. And, you know, it's not a surprise coming from Google. But what they've done here is they use machine learning uh, to understand what's in a picture. Uh, and it's not just, you know, they see uh, the color blue or, you know, uh, uh, some text in a picture, but they understand exactly uh, what's going on. So they you can search for items like pizza or dog or cat jumping, and you can put together <laughs> you know, interesting queries such as dinner at night or party on a boat. And Google should be able to find photos matching that search uh, in the Photos app. And for me, in a, in a, aside from being crazy, because I still can't believe that I'm, I can look for food and it understands what is food, or I can look for, you know... Animals. Uh, one time, I searched for tiny dog, and he recognized the differences between my girlfriend's dog, which is tiny, and my my parents' dog, which uh, it's border collie. So it's quite a difference, and it's it's really amazing just to play around with it. Uh, but in practice, it's been really useful to find subset of photos. So the other day. My girlfriend asked me, uh, do you remember when we went to Ikea and we took a bunch of pictures of furniture that we wanted to buy? And, uh, and I was like, yeah, I remember, but now I don't remember the exact day. So I opened Google Photos and I typed in furniture and sure enough, there was you know a series of pictures from Ikea. Um, so it's been extremely useful in my case uh, to find photos based on the subject uh, which you know wouldn't be possible with the with the standard iOS app because Apple doesn't do this kind of crazy uh, machine learning to to yeah. understand what's a picture now is it okay to run Google photos and iCloud photo library side by side is that safe enough yeah uh, basically Google wants uh, another feature is uh, they, they tell you you can save storage on your device uh, so you can automatically delete photos once you've uploaded them to, to Google you can delete them from the photos app and I chose to turn that option off uh, so I run Google and iCloud at the same time uh, if I want to decide to delete a photo I delete it from the photos app there is uh, of course, the other way around is also true because Google Photos uh, takes advantage of one of the modern iOS APIs, which is they can request to delete a picture from the Photos app natively. So usually what I do is uh, I leave iCloud enabled. I upload with Google Photos every day. Then when I... Because I just prefer to uh, search and, you know, the, the, the scrolling in the Google Photos app, if I find the photo that I want to, to delete, I delete from Google because it lets me delete from Google's cloud and from the Photos app, which means that it also goes away from iCloud. So it's really two options in one. Uh, but you don't have to if you don't want to. And, you, you know, you can run iCloud and Google at the same time. No, no problem. Um, yep. The other feature that I want to mention quickly is the assistant of Google Photos, which is a separate section in the app. And it's super fun to use because uh, it creates, uh, it's like an, an automated assistant in the app that creates uh, animations uh, for you, like animated GIFs based on photos. Uh, it creates videos with, uh, with, with music. I don't know where, where they take the music from. <laughs> uh, it creates like little cute, 
diaries of like trips together uh it shows you like it, it make it offers to save modified versions of photos with fancy effects like black and white or faded colors it's nice and you know every once in a while i i open the assistant i find a cute animation usually again of my dog and i save it to my to my library um i'm very happy fraser with google photos as a backup yeah I think we're in a position where we've got two very strong photo management systems. The reason I wanted to kind of focus on iCloud Photo Library is because I think that in times past, you know, in the years before iOS 8, really, uh, Apple users, iPhone users, iOS users were looking for a third-party solution to this problem. Yeah. And, and you know, you mentioned them prompt and connected. You've talked to many <laughs> of them in the past and, and killed them off as a result. Um, but... Nowadays, I would say that we're, we're in a position now where we don't need to go looking for a third-party solution. The first-party solution is good enough for almost everybody. Google's solution is good enough for a good chunk of the rest. Yeah. And only if you have really specialized requirements would you be looking for something beyond that, I think. Yeah. So before we, uh, we, we talk about uh, the apps and workflows that we've been using, um, there are some limitations, in, uh, yeah. in iCloud for library and photos. Uh, so I would say the, the, the foremost uh, one is uh, you cannot view uh, EXIF information uh, by default, you know, the metadata that's inside each picture uh, that you take. Um, yeah, there, there is no info button in photos. No. No. And I think there should be a, a yeah. with that. Yeah, because yeah. you can you can take a look at this information in preview on the Mac, mm -hmm. uh, but you cannot do this on iOS unless... You use, of course, a third-party app. Uh, there's a view exif, and there's other ones uh, that show you, like Metafo uh, is another one. Uh, you can take a look at the exif data inside of your pictures, but it's not done natively by photos. Uh, you cannot reorganize folders. Yeah, this is this is a really difficult one. If you make a, an album inside a folder, you cannot move that album anywhere else. Now you can, if, if you have a Mac in your system, you can. Uh, you can move folders between albums between folders on Photos and the Mac, but you just can't do that on iOS. And what you have to do there is you have to create an, a new folder somewhere else and then go back to your original folder, select all the pictures and add them to the new folder uh, and then delete the old folder. Th that works. It's not great, but it works. Um, but you can't just drag one folder to another place uh, on iOS, which is a real limitation. Yeah, there's no um, recognition of faces from mm -hmm. the Photos app. So you have uh, face recognition on the Mac, uh, but it doesn't show you the same faces view on iOS. Yeah, the, the Mac can do the analysis for, for face recognition. You can't get that just on iOS, but you can search for the names of faces that the Mac has assigned to the photographs or into your library and find them on iOS. But if you don't have a Mac in the system, it won't generate new recognition stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, uh, I, I, as I discussed recently on Connected, um, I really like the option to be able to tag uh, photos or videos, and I also think that folder management is a bit slow to get used to. Um, it is. Yeah, uh, tagging would be really nice. So you know, it's one of those power user features that I don't know if Apple is interested in. Uh, but still, overall, I, I feel like what we have today despite some limitations, it's much better than it used to be until a couple of years ago. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So some apps and workflows, as usual. Uh, you mentioned Snapseed uh, mm -hmm. and Burstio, 
to yeah. you know uh, to create uh, gifs from burst photos uh, i've been using a couple of screenshot related apps so screenshot plus plus and um, light screen are two screenshot managers uh, they let you organize your screenshots make some basic edits to screenshots and screenshot plus plus is really nice because it uses icloud so when you copy screenshots into screenshot plus plus they become like files in a separate iCloud container so it's not just a you know uh, a view for iCloud for library is its own archive which is handy uh, I've been using long screen and Taylor uh, for uh, stitching screenshots together and long screen is especially handy because it, it can uh, query the Photos app for screenshots. And yet the developer has been smart because it can filter screenshot, uh, screenshots by size. So you can say, I want to see iPhone screenshots, I want to see iPad screenshots or Apple Watch even, uh, which is you know a, a nice example of uh, uh, fetching information from the Photos app and displaying just a subset of uh, items to the user. Um, since live photos... Uh, came out on the iPhone 6s there's been hundreds I would say apps uh, of apps capable of doing stuff with live photos that usually means exporting to video or to gif uh, I really like uh, Alive from the clean shaven apps guys and there's also Lively from uh, the same folks who make lean so Lively is uh, it lets you uh, export a uh, live photo with a bunch of different parameters and lean is smart because it lets you clean up live photos so if you leave the live photo option always on but then you realize you're using a lot of storage because of the animation inside of, uh, of a picture uh, you can then remove the, the, the video part from a live photo and make it a regular picture and you can save a bit of space in iCloud um, of course one of the best features that I loved about Everpix, made rest in peace, uh, was the ability to view uh, photos from the same day in the past. Now, yeah. on the iPhone 6s, uh, you can press uh, on the on the photos icon on the home screen and you get a one year ago shortcut if you use iCloud for library and I believe you can also search for that in the yeah in that's just a shortcut to a search term yeah. isn't it. And this view lets you, uh, you know, it shows you photos from the same day uh, last year. Uh, there's also this third-party app called the Photo Flashback, which uses iCloud for library to show you photos taken on this day, many, many, for all years in the past. And there's also a watch app or what I prefer, a today widget. So every day you can swipe down to view the widget and you can say, oh, you know, Last year, two years ago, I was doing this, I was doing that, which is nice. Um, Metafo, which I mentioned, uh, is another app to view and remove uh, metadata from photos. So if you want to share pictures without location attached, you want to you wanna try Metafo, which is really nice. Um, I put together for you and our listeners, Fraser, uh, four workflows to, you know, kind of give an example of uh, photos integration. Mm -hmm. So the first one, fixes one of my uh, one of my favorite problems of uh, document providers that we talked about in the last episode you cannot export an image from the photos app to iCloud Drive or other document providers um, 
there's a workflow that I that I created that does this. It's really two actions. Uh, you can use it as an action extension in the Photos app, and you can save an image from the Photos app as a copy to another location. By default, it goes to iCloud Drive. Uh, another screen, another workflow that I put together for my friend uh, Serenity Caldwell of iMore uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, she wanted to be able to save. Uh, uh, some photos to iCloud Drive, but before doing that, she wanted to set a name. Uh, one thing that we didn't mention is with the new Photos app and iCloud uh, Storage, there's really no concept of file names on iOS. You never see the file name of a photo. There is a file name uh, for each picture, but you don't see it. Uh, with this workflow, you can you know you can select some photos, and to do this, you use the native photo picker, uh, which workflow uses to you know get photos from iCloud and from the Photos app. Uh, you can pick some photos, set a name for each file, and they will be saved individually to uh, to iCloud Drive, uh, which is handy. You know if you want to. Take a lot of screenshots, set a name, and later work on them on the Mac. Uh, the other workflow uh, I, I use every day uh, lets me combine screenshots. So when I take iPhone screenshots, I don't like sharing them as like a single image in an article on Mac Stories. I like to show two or three iPhone screenshots side by side. I just like the, the layout mm -hmm. better. And with this workflow, I can combine uh, screenshots and save uh, everything as a, as a one image in the, in the Photos app. And lastly... Uh, this one is a nice example of, uh, again, the Photos framework and how developers can access that information. Workflow is perhaps, unsurprisingly, one of the richest implementations of the Photos framework. So you can... Uh, I, I create a workflow to choose a live photo and make a GIF. And to do this, you, f you use the Find Photos action, which is this crazy action that can filter your photo library by dozens of criteria. So you can say, yeah, I want to I wanna have a photo that comes from, uh, you know, from this specific creation date, or a live photo, or I want to have a burst photo. Uh, you can go crazy with this action. And, you know, it's just... Uh, what is six actions for a workflow and you end up with a with a gif from a live photo which is nice yeah the the, the um the filter photos action workflow is is insane you can do anything with it yeah um, i have another one that i use which, to make uh, monthly or annual archives of photos where you you pick photos between two dates and then use those photos create a zip file and then open it in a document provider uh, and it's only three or four steps, but the amount of power and the amount of time you can save just by running through those steps is, is incredible. How long so, does that take? <laughs> a, a very long time. That's, that's why I created the monthly versions. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what was really good about that, I was concerned that I'll do this and Workflow will do a bad job and it will only archive the thumbnails or something because it doesn't know that most of them are off in iCloud. But it took a very long time. But the reason it took a long time was because it was caching every original back to the device so it could operate on it, which was great. It was very correct, uh, did a great job, but was indeed very slow because it was seven, eight hundred, nine hundred megabytes. It was trying to download it yeah. at one time, and it didn't give a great feedback. That's the one thing I would I would criticize it for, is it didn't really give good feedback. Not sure that's workflow's fault. Uh, maybe as much the the photo kits uh, layer's fault, but it's it's something just to be aware of as well. Nice. Great. So let's leave photographs there for now. Let's hope that the, the curse of relay does not fall down on iOS <laughs> oh my in general. God, I hope not. Um, 
<laughs> yep. No, we, I think I think we're on solid ground today. Uh, I don't think iOS is going to be discontinued just because we talked about the photos aspect of it. Uh, so. Firstly, thanks to everybody who's listening. The response to this show has been phenomenal. You've seen the feedback. I've seen the feedback. Um, People are loving the show and we're loving doing it. And we're really looking forward to the next few episodes as well.